1: Investors are piling back into buy-to-let, but are there good deals out there? With profits, providers have been slammed for treating customers poorly, but what can you do about it? And if you're coming out of a high-interest fixed-rate bond, we look at the best existing deals. All this to come in this week's FT Money Show. I'm Alice Ross, and I'll be giving you the lowdown on all of these money matters in downloadable form with my colleagues from FT Money, Lucy Warwick-Ching, Hello. Steve Lodge, hi. And our special studio guest, Dominic Lindley, Principal Policy Advisor at Which. Hello. So let's start with the money news. This week, mortgage advisors reported fresh interest from investors in buy-to-let properties, following a rise in capital gains tax in last week's emergency budget. The buy-to-let market was hit hard by the credit crunch, with the number of products plummeting from 3,662 in September 2007 to just 266 last week. But the sector is showing signs of a turnaround. The number of mortgage products has increased 50% since September last year, according to moneyfacts.co.uk. And just this week, Precise Mortgages launched two new deals. So Lucy, is it not surprising that investors are going back into buy-to-let after a rise in capital gains tax?
0: Before the budget actually happened, there were lots of rumours flying around that CGT could go up to levels as high as 50%. So I think a lot of people that were interested in doing buy-to-let kind of put their plans on hold and just waited to see what was what the rate was actually going to be. So at 28%, it's not quite as painful as they thought. So property still looks like a good bet. So they've decided to actually go into buy-to-let.
1: So they've been biding their time and all these investors have basically come out of the woodwork just this week.
0: Yeah, I spoke to a couple of buy-to-let brokers, Mortgages for Business and the Mortgage Works, and both of them have said that their you know, phones have been ringing from potential investors that were definitely deciding to go back into the market and buy property.
1: But what are the options if you do want to go back into the market? Because uh, a lot of uh, lenders, of course, withdrew their best deals for buy-to-let mortgages. So
0: how easy is it to get a mortgage at the moment if you want to buy a property? Well it's getting easier. Um, As you said in in your introduction, the number of products on the markets has actually fallen but it seems to be coming back. There seems to be new lenders coming in. I think later on this year we've got Paragon coming back into the market. They were a big uh, buy-to-let lender and just this week we had um, Precise Mortgages have launched a couple of new quite competitive rates. They've got a lifetime tracker at 4.99% and a two-year tracker at 4.95% so although it's not it's not great, but actually with the buy to let loans that are out there, they always tend to be a little bit higher anyway, so these aren't looking too bad
1: okay, so it's possible to get a mortgage deal that might be reasonable. What about the other um investment case for for going into buy to let is it Is it a good time to buy in the market what you know what what's happening with tenants?
0: Well, I think lots of people are saying that with interest rates very low at the moment, you can't get a lot of money from savings accounts, from perhaps other investments. So the case for property is quite good. Um, and in terms of the demand for property, there was a Clutton's estate agent said um, earlier this week that they are seeing, I think they've seen a kind of 32% rise in demand from corporate tenants. So I think if you are looking particularly to go into some of the high-end properties in London, Um, it does seem like there would be the demand to actually rent out those properties.
1: And investment returns, do we have any idea
0: what's going to happen with house prices or is it just a bit of a... Well, I guess it's kind of finger in the air stuff Mm. with with house prices. But, um, you know, and actually every single index that comes out seems to have a slightly different prediction on house prices but i guess at the moment with interest rates very low you may be able to pick up a bargain and then you're not going to be paying huge amounts on your loan and if you can get the rent to cover the interest then perhaps it could be a good investment
1: great okay thanks for that lucy and for more on what buy to let investors are doing look out for lucy's article in this weekend's ft money with the weekend ft and online at ft.com forward slash money still to come on the show where to find the best fixed rate deal for your savings First, though, with profits funds. This week, the Financial Services Authority published a report claiming that with profits providers were not treating their customers well enough. In particular, it said that poor communication by insurance companies meant that investors were unaware of special dates when they could cash their policy in without paying a penalty, potentially missing out on thousands of pounds. Investors with or with profits policy are now being urged to complain to their provider and the financial ombudsman to try and get some form of compensation. I'm here with Dominic Lindley at Witch Magazine. Dominic, just how bad is the situation?
2: Well, it's very bad for the, um, the 25 million policyholders that are out there and with profits funds who've got investments worth around £330 billion. And the FSA's report is really a damning indictment of an industry which has failed to treat its policyholders fairly over many years. And we're particularly disappointed about the failure to tell policyholders when they can cash in their policy penalty-free. Not many with-profits policies are sold these days, but there was massive sales of them in 2000 and 2001, over £25 billion, and many of those contained what they call a 10-year penalty-free cash-in or uh, transfer-free date. So you can cash those in um, at the 10-year point and then you won't have to pay a a transfer penalty. And the transfer penalties can be significant. So on a £50,000 bond, you could be uh, levied as much as 10%. So you've really got to contact your provider and find out when those transfer um, penalty-free dates are because it could save you a substantial amount of money.
1: And providers should be alerting their policyholders to these dates. That's the problem, isn't it? And they haven't been sending out the letters or they haven't made it clear enough to people?
2: They haven't made it clear enough. The FSA found that significant number of firms were not making it clear enough when these... Um Uh, when these penalty free dates were and that means if you've missed out on one and you think you do have made a loss because of it then you should complain to your provider and if you're not happy then take your complaint to the financial ombudsman. Mm.
1: And why would you want to cash in a with profits policy? Performance hasn't been great has it?
2: performance hasn't been great maybe the investment strategy of the fund has changed significantly between the time you bought it and currently so when you bought the uh, the products back in 2000 it might have been substantially invested in equities and a number of with profits funds have moved into bonds and safer investments which are going to provide you with a a lower long-term return so you need to review your investment strategy Review when these um, sort of penalty-free dates are because they might be a good opportunity to get out. But also check whether your With Profits policy does have any valuable guarantees. Many people who took out With Profits pensions might have a guaranteed annuity rate, which could be very valuable in, in today's market. So you really need to check what guarantees you've got and what you're going to lose if you surrender before deciding whether or not to to get out.
1: Mm. Okay, so you need to check on the guarantees, have a look at the performance Any other problems with with profits providers that the FSA has talked about?
2: Well, we've had we've been criti- uh, criticising the FSA for a number of years about the the use that the FSA allows these firms to put uh, these funds. So they've got things called inherited estates, which have been built up over many years from underpayment of policyholders, and the FSA allows the firms to use these to pay shareholders' tax bills, to pay past mis-selling costs when the firm has broken the rules and sold and uh, mis-sold a policy, and even to put in strategic investments. So some funds, the FSA said in its document, have been investing in the uh, firm's head offices or in subsidies connected to the firm and it's not clear to me how they're ever um, they're ever in the policyholders best interest so basically the firms have been exploiting this lack of regulation to extract as much money from policyholders as possible and th- there's a real example from the um, the takeover of AXA by resolution uh, earlier this week or earlier last week. And ten years ago, we went to court to try and stop AXA from taking over its inherited estate and its shareholders. We lost that case, and the FSA rubber stamped the deal. And shareholders ended up paying three hundred million pounds to take control of the inherited estate,
1: which is two point two billion. I think, yeah, isn't it?
2: It's two point two billion now. So within just um, within just ten years. And- and after the new year, um, the shareholders or resolution is going to be able to take over £1 billion in cash out of that estate. Mm. So in just 10 years, the shareholders have more than tripled their money and they're going to have access to a further £1.2 billion as the fund rolls off. Um, at the time, AXA was telling policyholders that if you don't accept this upfront deal, then you're likely to get nothing. So there is an important uh, point of information for the few, very few AXA policyholders who did not accept the deal. Um, because then you, you will have been put in something called the Old With Profits Fund. And if you stay in that fund and you're still in the fund in the new year, it's likely you're going to get a substantial special bonus. Hmm. So really, if you are an Axa policyholder and you're thinking of surrendering, then check whether you were put, you refuse the deal and are in this Old With Profits Fund, because if you surrender now, you could miss out on a substantial bonus next year.
1: So that's perhaps one of the few cases where you should stay in a With Profits Fund. Um, if you do decide to um, take this further and complain to the FSA or to the Ombudsman, what? Um, what could you expect? Could you expect anything by way of compensation?
2: Uh, if you've made a loss because the firm has did not inform you of your uh, penalty-free transfer date, then you, could, you probably could expect compensation if the ombudsman judged that the firm's communication wasn't clear enough. You could try complaining to the FSA about its failure to regulate with profits funds appropriately, or you could try complaining to the firm about... Um, because the firm has to normally has to appoint something called a with profits committee who 's supposed to input in some independent judgment into the way the fund is run, but the fsa 's found that these are actually staffed with the firm 's cronies and sometimes mm. with people who are actually on the uh, the board of the firm as well, so they really haven 't been um, in putting that independent judgment necessary to uh, to determine whether policyholders are treated fairly. But if you do complain straight to the FSA, you're probably not going to get anywhere because they've been dismissing our complaints for over 10 years and they've been publishing a number of reviews identifying these problems, but they're still yet to take any action.
1: So the financial ombudsman is probably your best bet for compensation. Thanks very much for that Dominic. And for full details of what you can do about your With Profits policy, read Joe Cumbo's article in the FT Money section this weekend and on our website, ft.com forward slash money. Finally today, fixed rate savings. Many savers will this year be coming out of fixed rate savings bonds that were paying over 5% back when interest rates were a lot higher than they are today. Savers are therefore having to scout around for the best deals. But advisors say they are likely to see a significant drop in rates, with some Best Buy deals falling by nearly 50%. However, some providers are launching fixed rate savings deals paying well above current base rate. Santander, for example, this week launched some bonds paying up to 3.75%. So, Steve, is that good news for savers?
3: Well, you referred to maturing over at 5%. Some people with maturing bonds um, have been earning 7%. Hmm. So they are very much in that category of facing new bond rates that are 50% lower, half half that rate, if they want to re- reinvest in a fixed rate bond, which, which is a different question. This week also saw... um um the very last five percent the bond bond paying five percent over five years withdrawn from the market. So you can't get five percent anymore. Mm. So long term bonds do pay a little bit more, at five years you can now get four point seven five, but at the very short term one year bonds, which are the most popular, you can only get three point one percent, which is a very small premium over instant access and notice count rates. So it begs the question why you would bother.
1: Well, yeah, you said one-year bonds are the most popular. Will they continue to be the most popular with this kind of uh, poor deals on the market? Or do you think people will start tying up their money for longer in order to get a bit of a better rate?
3: Well... More actually, the analysts are saying that rather stick to instant access and notice accounts for now. Most bond rates have come off about a half a percentage point this year. So it's a particularly bad time, they say, to be locking in to any sort of fixed rates, whether longer term or short term. You can earn near on 3% for, um, instant access and notice accounts. But of course, the, the, you're right. The attraction of the longer term bonds is they do pay a bit more and one, you know, relatively good rate or relatively good marking point is is 4.15 over three years. But the risk there, of course, is that the longer you tie your money up for, the more time you have, you, you, the more time in which you might be caught out by rising base rates. Sooner or later base rates are going to rise, possibly not this year, but almost certainly at some point next year. When they do, other savings rates will become more competitive and your fixed rate bond rate, even your 4.15 now, might start to look much less competitive, but you're going to be tied into it. Mm. So, so, the, so a lot of analysts are saying keep the flexibility for now and hopefully benefit from that upside.
2: Um, I mean and we would say beware of these combination deals that some of the banks are pushing where they claim to give you a slightly higher rate on a one year um, fixed rate bond in exchange for you putting a matching amount into a stock market linked investment or a structured product because you might be tempted by the slightly higher rate on your uh, money for one year but your other half of your money could be tied up for up to six years or could be exposed to stock market risk so think very carefully before taking up
3: those kind of offers. Mm. Yeah they're not the same at all as these these are these bonds I mean the, the term bond is very poorly used in financial services these bonds we're talking about savings bonds these are what you'd kind of hope which is that your original money is completely safe subjects to the bank not going bust and or problems like that. But the and the interest rate is fixed. But there are a whole other bunch of bonds out there, as as Dominic says. There are ones giving a sort of uh, return link to the stock market or, or nominally offering a high income rate. But you only get that high income rate at the expense of some risk to your capital or some other risk or tie-in.
1: And if, as you said, if you choose not to go for a fixed rate bond but go for some sort of instant access mm. deal... Don't you have to be aware of some gimmicks on those accounts as well where they offer you a kind of a headline bonus rate but then that's withdrawn after a certain period of time?
3: Absolutely. I mean, you know, the key point in all this is you do have to keep remain aware of what the best rates are out there, remain aware of what's happening to your rate. With an instant access rate or a notice rate, uh, notice account, those rates are all variable, so they can be moved. Mm. Um, You're absolutely right as well that a hell of a lot of the really top paying accounts now and when we say top paying we're talking 2.81 that's the top instant taxes now which is okay compared to base rate but let's be honest not great um of that rate two point some two and a half percentage points of it uh, near on are a one year bonus so at the end of that one year what you can, you're almost certainly going to have is an extremely uncompetitive rate so at the end of that one year you are going to have to look to shift again mm. obviously though you don't have the tie-ins the lock-ins that um you do with a fixed rate
1: Mm. so keep your eyes peeled for the best rates but beware of the gimmicks thanks for that steve and if you'd like to know more about the best fixed rate savings deals look out for steve's article in ft money this weekend but that's all for this week's ft money show remember you can get weekday news updates on our website ft.com forward slash money you can also find all of our interactive web content on our Money Matters page, where you can read and comment on blog posts, columns, beginner's guides, and top tips at fd.com forward slash money matters. We'll be back next week with another financial lowdown in downloadable form. But until then, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from Lucy, Steve, and our special guest, Dominic Lindley from Witch. Goodbye Goodbye.